0: This podcast is part of the
1: Red Five Network. For more Red Five Network podcasts, visit redfive network.com.
2: Do you like sci-fi, fantasy, action-adventure and comic books? Then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary podcast. Welcome back, sci-fi fans, to another episode of the Science Fictionary Podcast. I'm Andrew, and I'm here tonight with Marisha, hello, and David. Heyo, and we're continuing our pillars of adventure tonight. We're down to the miscellaneous category, which is the one that's kind of a little all over the place sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it's it's been interesting. It, it's I think this has been a harder thing, and I say this every week, but I think this has been a little harder than the other two lists because the the history of the genre is not so well documented. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I kind of wanted to talk about as we get going, though, with you know this thing that I I mentioned it on the last episode, but man, as I kind of got in because I knew that how important all those early serials were
0: mm-hmm.
2: to. You know, especially film serials were to this genre, and I started kind of getting into them, and man, it's kind of heartbreaking to realize how many of those those serials, and not even just the serials, some of the full length films, they're lost forever.
0: Hmm.
1: Mm, a shame. Yeah.
2: the The film either was was allowed to sit and degrade to the point it fell apart, or they were thrown out. Or they were recorded over because film was expensive. Wow. And it's it's just kind of mind-blowing to think that there's some of these things that were so critical to the history of film, and they're just gone. You can't go back and watch them. There's, there's no way to go back and watch them. Um, it, it makes me really happy, you know, in music. I know, like, Jack White mm-hmm. has been... Very instrumental in going back and finding very old blues recordings and saving those old blues recordings. It really makes Mm -hmm. me wish there had been an earlier, bigger effort to go back and save those early movies. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, a lot of them, some of them were thrown out. They were made in the 30s. They were thrown out by the 50s.
0: Yeah. Well, because the thing is, they weren't classic at that point. They were just old. And that's always the most dangerous point for Anything is the point where it's not yet vintage. It's just old crap. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like if we went and we pulled like a whole bunch of commercials from the, you know, from 2000. Like, who cares? You know, it's not Mm -hmm. old enough for people to have nostalgia about it yet. You know, so it's just old enough to be outdated. And that's always when stuff gets destroyed. It's like... I'm sh- I
1: wonder if Andrew's ever gone through this in terms of video games, but it's like when you're playing video games and you finish one, so then you go trade it into like GameStop or something, because it's just old. It's old news. I'm finished with it. And then years later, you're like, God, why did I ever trade that in for like 50 cents credit towards the next video game okay like, yeah. so mad at myself for it but so yeah i know exactly what you mean
2: i've never done that but i've had some games that were borrowed and never returned and i don't even know who ended up with them
1: oh that's and
2: some of those were a lot of fun and i cannot find the titles anymore like I, you know I, I just can't find them they, they're just not yeah. out there
1: yeah no uh marvel ultimate alliance uh you just can't buy it anymore and I'm so mad at myself for like, ever getting. I have the first one still because I managed to find it. But like, I'm so mad at myself for ever getting rid of the second one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and it's like, because they're just like, Nope, it's not for sale. You can literally look at it on the Xbox store. And it's like, eh, Nope.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: It's a big F you. But um, yeah, anyway.
0: All right,
2: well, we're going to jump right into the Pillars of Adventure, our miscellaneous category. This is the category that's meant to kind of be a catch-all because there's always these things that never quite fit the definition for... Because our our other categories are literature, which literature is kind of broad, but I think all of us are still kind of hesitant to put magazines, you know, pulp magazines and that sort of thing in the literature category, Mm -hmm. even though they are, but... It's still a little different. That category actually, Mm. though, has evolved. It started off as novels Mm and evolved into the literature category. Right. Uh, TV and movies. So there's still all of these things. I mean, previous miscellaneous lists for fantasy and sci-fi have had composers, Mm -hmm. magazines. Artists. Artists, video games. Social movements. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of stuff that's shown up on the... Miscellaneous list, so I can't wait to see what everybody's got tonight. And uh, Marisha, I'll let you uh, throw the first one out.
0: All right. So I'm pretty. I'm actually pretty proud of this one. So, kind of as, as I was thinking through, like, what are some of the things that are a catalyst for the adventure genre? And there are a lot of things, but specifically, one of the things, kind of the recurring theme, is adventure in faraway lands. Um, and I think we've all kind of agreed that Indiana Jones is sort of the like the quintessential, right, action-adventure story. Mm. And nothing has had as much influence on that particular style of adventure as the excavation of the tomb of King Tut in uh, 1922. Howard Carter famously uh, spent years looking for a tomb that he just knew was there and was intact and when he finally when he finally opened king tut's tomb it was it was groundbreaking nothing like this had like the obsession for all things egyptian that swept the entire world was it was uh, almost unprecedented um, not really, there there was kind of a, a movement in the early 1800s when Napoleon first invaded Egypt. And they started bringing back things to other parts of the world. But as far as in an international obsession with going to Egypt and digging things up, there had never been anything like it. And a lot of adventure stories aren't necessarily... Egyptian stories, but they have to do with relics and antiquities and that kind of treasure hunting, um, ch- you know, obsession really was cemented in, in 1922 with the excavation of the King Tut's tomb. So that is my first contribution to the pillars of adventure. Okay.
1: Nice. I like it.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's
0: a great entry. You know me, I always got to find something particularly yeah. nerdy and historical <laughs> to pull out. It's my thing.
1: Well, no, I like it because one of my, like, on my running list was, one of my entries was just history. Mm-hmm. I I didn't want to include it because it's so vague, but it's like, yeah, like, literally, I think literally in fantasy, Mm-hmm. When we fr- our first ever won, I had a very different interpretation of what miscellaneous meant, and so I said real the real world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember my dad was like, "What the hell are you talking <laughs> about?" So um, it was a little vague, but yeah, that's like a perfect example of what I would mean by that mm-hmm. uh, of the real world influencing things because everything that has ever existed started with something that was in the real world,
0: mm-hmm. either exactly. it inspired
1: something, you know. So yeah, that's great.
2: All right, David, what is your first entry?
1: My first entry. So this is another one that I'm, uh, I have a a couple that I'm really confident in, but this this is one that, um, I actually thought of kind of last minute, but it makes perfect sense to me. Uh, I have been hoping for more superhero representation of this. I couldn't always fit it in, Mm -hmm. um, but this is the perfect place to do it I think and so I want to include the radio serial from the 1940s the adventures of superman
0: yeah uh, that yeah, was it's on in the my name. yep that was on my, my list yeah excellent
1: the adventures of superman um, so the adventures of superman was if i remember if i'm remembering this correctly it is like the first ever other media about superman other than comic books and it was hugely popular
0: have you ever listened to it
1: i have listened to it yeah Yeah. not like the whole thing but like i have listened to some of the episodes just for just out of curiosity Mm -hmm. just for fun and it's still pretty relevant today i think just in terms of like what superman is Mm -hmm. Um, you can jump in and and actually there's a lot of things that happen in this show that were the first time these things happened for superman like kryptonite was invented for this radio show Mm -hmm. Uh, that's the very famous story of how he needed a weakness so like kryptonite came from this show not the comic books but from this show um if i'm also remembering my history correctly uh, i believe this was the radio show that um for kind of pushed dc to get superman and lois lane married because they found out that they were planning on having a big wedding episode and marrying Clark Kent and Lois Lane Hmm. on the radio show and the comic books, they did not want to, they did not want the radio show to beat them at doing that. So they like rushed out a a story of them getting married because the radio show was going to do it first Hmm. and and the radio show was just that popular and was that important. So just those couple of things, I mean, kryptonite's a huge one, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. such a huge part of Superman and it came from this radio show. Hmm. yeah um, wow. superheroes in my mind even though they haven't really been on the list because they haven't really fit um yeah. at least they, they i'm very confident and happy with what our other t- pillar, pillars uh looked like for for adventure but in my mind superheroes are like the peak of the genre mm-hmm. in my mind like that is the ultimate what I think adventure should be, what I love about adventure, I think it encapsulates all of that, and and Superman is the perfect example of that.
0: Absolutely, yep, he's a great one. Faster than a speeding bullet, bo- you know the whole like, then the, of course the, the repetitious, you know, same intro every week. True, and just and adventures.
1: Yeah. adventures. Superman's going on literally. So yeah, yeah.
0: No, that's a great
2: entry. Um. All right, so I'm going to do my first one. I'm a little torn on which one to throw in here first. And honestly, I'm a little torn on which one to actually introduce or which one to use. I've got four video games written down.
1: Hmm. (laughs) I have three.
2: And one of them is probably the simplest of the lot, but it's also the oldest. I'm going to go ahead and put it on there. Oregon Trail.
1: Ah, hmm. uh, yes, that's great.
2: Uh, you know, it, it was. I mean, that's it's old. I mean, that game was developed in 1971.
0: You got cholera and died. And then
2: when you when the Apple II computer came out, it came on the computer.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So computer labs, school computer labs all over the country, getting computers for the very first time. We're getting computers with this very early adventure game on it. Mm -hmm. And it was wildly popular, to the point you can still go online and find emulators and still play this game today. Mm
1: -hmm. I've played it.
0: Yep, I'd have too. I died of dysentery, I think.
1: (laughs) Everyone everyone dies of dysentery. Mm -hmm.
0: Um,
2: But video games certainly belong on this list. And I suspect by the time we're done, more than one will make it on here.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But I think that that being such an early example, I mean, it's it's kind of one of the first real adventure video games. And for that reason, that's my first choice.
0: It's a good one. That's
1: great. Yeah. All right, Marisha, All right, what so have you back got? so to me.
0: Hmm. Okay, so, so I actually had several radio shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think I'm going to pull out, well, okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to pull out Zorro. We actually, I think Zorro, what made it, did make it onto the movie list. I'm not sure that
2: Zorro isn't on, did you not put it on the, I know it's on the novels
0: list. We discussed it is in the literature list. I know we discussed it, but I thought that I, I, I didn't I put it. Put on it the you put it on the literature list, list. okay? Because I was planning to keep it for this discussion. Um, well,
2: no, I mean I, I think it's fair to put it on here, and you know it's probably an oversight that it wound up on every list. And when I make our big final poster, I may drop it on. out of one or more of those. But it it fits best in this list. Okay, because I'll let you tell us why.
0: Okay, and. You know, again, very, very. You know, the movies we've all seen. I'm sure we've all seen at least the Antonio Banderas version of Zorro, right? The Disney versions of Zorro uh, back in the '50s were wildly popular. The thing about Zorro, though, it was most popular, perhaps, as um, shorts, right? The, those we we talked about these in in our uh, some of our other pillars categories, but. Little short snippets, you know, five minutes before a movie, and Zorro and the Lone Ranger both um, made appearances this way. And I mean, Zorro, he's he's, you know, Robin Hood in, in Spanish California, right? He's he's pretty much the uh, the quintessential um, adventure hero. And let's see, actually, let me see. I actually had some information pulled on him.
2: While you're pulling that up, Zorro has been a, it's it's not the first to, or the only property to ever do this. But, I mean, you're talking about a character that has appeared in comics, mm-hmm. in film serials, in pulp magazines. All very, own, very early. In his own, in his own books.
1: Mm-hmm. His own,
2: his own movies, his own stage plays that this character there is hardly a medium out there where this character doesn't exist. He's such, he's an important superhero prototype. It's kind of a, a little bit of a slightly more modern at the time, a modern uh, retelling uh, you know kind of a modern Robin Hood at least at the time he was written, Mm -hmm. especially with those Disney, the Disney TV series.
0: Yeah. The character was created in 1919 by a, by an American pulp writer. Um, so that's, you know, that, that was your first iteration, right? Pulp books and then comics. And, you know, one that has just remained enduringly popular. Yeah. Um, And here's hoping that the next iteration of Zorro doesn't ruin a hundred years worth of. (laughs) You can take that out. I'm sorry. I'm being sad. No,
2: that's a a great entry. Um, I've actually got an entry that's sort of related to Zorro that I'm going to bring up in a minute.
0: Zorro, which is Spanish for fox, should be mentioned because he's so foxy. Clever. (laughs) Yeah.
1: He's so foxy. (laughs) (laughs) I I had to
0: say it.
2: All right, David, your second choice.
1: All right, this is another really difficult one here um, because there's so many. I'm even thinking of new ones now now, Mm -hmm. as we're talking about it. But the next one I'm going to throw out here, and and you know what? I I need to get a personal one. I got to get a more personal one on here. I'm going to go with the music and work of Danny Elfman. Oh, awesome. This is the guy, if you don't know, he composed the Batman theme for the Tim Burton Batman movies.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And he composed the Spider-Man theme for the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. And he has done uh, lots of other work. Uh, on more superhero movies and other films, but those are the two right there mm-hmm. that stand out to me as just those two themes alo- alone are so good and so important enough to my interpretation of adventure mm-hmm. that I wanted to put him on the list here. and, or, and um, it's it's kind of a personal thing because I I did want to like I even wanted to put Sam Raimi's Spider Man on the film list. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't because it, it, there just wasn't room for it uh, but, but his work is just so important to the way that I imagine adventure and the ultimate adventures um, if mm-hmm. you listen to either of those themes they are so um, incredibly inspiring and like heart thumping and mm-hmm. powerful and exciting and they get you ready to like go on your own adventure yeah. Uh, with these characters that you're watching, they they are, in my opinion, um, and, and and there's another man's music who I'm sure will end up on this list, but in my opinion, personally, Danny Elfman has made the most quintessential adventure music. Yeah. yeah, at least in my opinion, for what what I imagine and what I want out of adventure and what I want my adventure to sound like. Like, that's what I would put on in the background of my life if I could.
2: Yeah.
0: Awesome. Yeah.
2: Danny Elfman's a great composer. Um, he's done a lot of really, really cool movies. Um, all right, so I'm gonna go ahead for my second. I did a video game for my first one. and for my second one, I'm gonna do a, a game, not a not a video game, but a mm. tabletop game. and I'm gonna go ahead and put Dungeons and Dragons on the list. Even though this is also on our fantasy list, it's a quintessential adventure game. It mm-hmm. is the you- tell your, you know, play out your own adventure. Mm -hmm. game that's what it is it's all of these other things are designed for us to go on these adventures with these characters and this is the one where you get to be the character you get to go on the adventure Mm -hmm. and for all the reasons we discussed back when we put it on the fantasy list i don't think you can make a list about the pillars of adventure without putting dungeons and dragons
1: on it yeah not only do you get to go on an adventure if you're the dungeon master you get to create the adventure
0: yeah mm-hmm.
1: yeah i mean of course D was on my list um yeah i mean it is the way i would describe it is just if you're looking for adventure if you want to experience adventure there is no better way to do it than by playing dungeons and dragons mm-hmm and of course it is, and there are many mill- there are tons of tabletop RPG games that are great for adventure, but Dungeons and Dragons was the first one. it was the biggest one, it still is the biggest one. 100 um, percent deserves to be on this list, even though it was on fantasy.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah And uh speaking of Dungeons and Dragons, Robbie has the the book that he's planning on basing our game on here, that we're going to be playing on the show, uh, comes out either tomorrow or Monday. So,
1: oh, awesome! So
2: we're we're just we're getting one step closer. Mm-hmm. To actually mm-hmm. getting to do that, so still looking forward to that. All
0: right, Marisha, that brings us back around. Beyond excited, for, yeah. All right, so um, uh, the next thing on my list is the Choose Your Own Adventure series of books. Yeah. They were first published in the eighties. Um, ni- no, nineteen seventy nine through. 1998 was the original run of the Choose Your Own Adventure books. And like I don't think you could be a kid during the 80s or the 90s and not come across these at some point. Basically, I don't know if you've ever seen one, David, but you have the beginning of the book and then you say, Mm -hmm. okay, what are you going to choose? Are you going to choose to you know, ford the river, are you going to choose to walk up and look for, you know, walk through the woods? If you choose one, go to page eight. If you choose two, go to page mm-hmm. 13 and then just th- th- like that through the entire story. Um, and I think there are something like 180 um, oh, in wow. the original, just the original run of, of this, this series as. Uh, just ridiculously successful. The first one was entitled "The Cave of Time." and was based on a concept by Edward Packard and originally published by uh, Constance Chapel and Ari Montgomery. They were actually, I think, Bantam. Uh, was publishing them whenever I was, whenever I was reading them as a kid. But yeah, 184 books. Pretty impressive. And, you know, like I said, they were, they were kind of, I think the kind of the pulp books of, of kind of our generation. They weren't like great, you know, towering works of literature, but they were engaging, exciting things to get children to read. And uh, they did so pretty yeah. successfully.
1: No, that is an awesome entry. I have seen them. My, my grandmother had a few of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was a kid, uh, they absolutely blew my freaking mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I would read them and I was like, wait, I get to pick. It really, it was kind of like my first ever D&D game. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. When yeah. you think about it, like I was like, well, wait, I get to pick what I do? This is incredible. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah, those are amazing well,
2: and, and we're popular at the same time D&D first got popular Yeah. So. so I do think there's probably nice. a little connection in the type of mindset that they were trying to get into there
1: mm-hmm. uh, David,
2: uh, this will be your third entry
1: ooh, back to me already, okay so um Uh, Okay, I'm going to pull out the the next video game that's going to be on the list here. Um, And I'm going to go with, and it's a hard choice, but I think it's what deserves it out of the two I'm looking at here. I'm going to go with The Legend of Zelda. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Uh,
1: So I had a couple other games that I was kind of debating on, but to me, The Legend of Zelda is... is, um, it actually isn't the one that I ended up putting on our fantasy list, which is interesting. But when it comes to like an adventure, I, I feel like the Legend of Zelda is it's, it's one of the earliest fantasy adventures, and it still produces some of the best adventure games the franchise does. So, like even recently, well now it's like probably been a couple years, but um, Breath of the Wild yeah. uh, for the Nintendo Switch is an incredible adventure game. Uh, so Legend of Zelda is still producing incredible games. Um, it's an incredible series. I'm um, I keep i I'm using the word incredible, but that's just the only way I could think to describe <laughs> it. It like, is. It's, and it's awesome. from
2: one of the, the greatest video game designers of all time created. Oh, for and, sure. Uh, based it on his life as a kid, you know, when he was a kid exploring forests in Japan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's, it changed the idea, really, of what these adventure games could be, especially on a console.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So yeah, it's a it's a great game. I mean that one's that one's really really close to the beginning of, of Nintendo. There, I think that was in their second year of existence. Wow. That they dropped Legend of Zelda because Super Mario Brothers was in eighty five. Zelda was eighty six.
1: Hmm. And I did think about Super Mario Brothers, but when I thought it came, when it comes to adventure, and I had to pick mm-hmm. between the two, I, even though Super Mario Brothers was first, I, I, I wanted to go with Legends of Zelda.
2: Yeah, and I mean Super Mario Brothers would absolutely make sense on the
1: list, and it still might end up on there. We'll see what happens.
2: <laughs> but Legend of Zelda is kind of a the I don't always think of. Mario's definitely an adventure but for some reason I never really thought about it in the same vein as Legend of Zelda as a as an adventure. Hmm. Um, it's
1: not exactly it's like it's not in the super like same vein but but you it do is. still have mm-hmm. the
2: character yeah. who's just a plumber who's ripped out of his everyday life to go on this adventure and save the princess. Yeah. So it does fit all the all the things, but there. it's not uh, as
0: much quests and in- right. as I is. think right.
2: that's the thing because a lot of times we associate adventure with the fantasy quest, and yeah. that's why Legend of Zelda I think stands yeah. out more. The
1: other, the other video game that I uh, considered uh, was Pokemon. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, that or even just the card game. Uh, it, it's hard not to. Or even Pokemon Go for, for the iPhone. like it's, mm-hmm. it's, um, And I still might throw that out as my fourth. We'll see. I got, I got a couple options. But. All
2: right. So for my third choice, uh, I'm going to stay with tradition here. I've done this on each previous pillars list. And I'm going to pull out a pulp magazine. And I'm going to go. There's a couple. There was Adventure Magazine there was also one called argosy all story it was one of the earliest pulps it predates adventure magazine it it ran till from sometime in the i mean argosy the original argosy magazine started out in the late 1800s hmm.
0: um,
2: i think all story started in like the maybe around 1920 and ran all the way up into the 70s Wow. I think the last issue was published in like 1978. This one as with fantasy and with sci-fi these books were incredibly important in in really in finding these new writers, giving these new writers their first chance to tell their stories and publish their stories. Mm-hmm. And I mean this is where Edgar Rice Burroughs was published for the first time. Wow. What a, the, the story that eventually became The Princess of Mars, it was published here. That was the first thing he ever, ever had published. That by itself is incredibly important. It's also where mm-hmm. you have your first appearance of Tarzan. You know, there's there's so many important characters and writers that came through this magazine and got their start because of this magazine. Mm-hmm. And there is just no way to discount the importance of, of the early pulp magazines to all literature, not just adventure or sci-fi or fantasy, but to all literature. Yeah. And so the Argosy All story is my third entry.
0: Awesome. All right. So this will bring it back to me. Yep. Okay. So I actually um, have another addition to the comic strip radio show category. And that is Little Orphan Annie. Hmm. And so, you know, because initially most of us think Little Orphan Annie and we think the musical, right? The sun will come out tomorrow. Well, of course, Little Orphan Annie was actually the first late afternoon serial adventure for children. It was first broadcast in Chicago in 1930. Was, of course, originally a comic strip in the 20s. And basically, the, the format, it was a 15-minute each, each weekday with an open-ended storyline that, according to Encyclopedia Britannica, featured Annie vanquishing a procession of gangsters, spies, and pirates in a variety of far-flung locales. Doesn't get much more adventures than that. Um, so, of course, a lot of the storylines were taken from the comic strip, Uh, initially but yeah little orphan Annie and if you had any doubts about the the long-running influence of little orphan Annie then uh, next time you watch a Christmas story you can appreciate the uh Mm -hmm.
2: the little orphan Annie decoder ring. yeah the
0: little orphan Annie decoder ring uh yes and so yeah exactly shout out to um shout out to Ovaltine the long running sponsor of Little Orphan Annie and the unexpected hero of a unlikely addition to the adventure yeah. category. Cool.
2: So. Yeah, that's an interesting one. there's so many in that the the, the radio shows mm-hmm. were, were so important.
0: And I went Little Orphan Annie because it was like the original children's serial radio show it was kind of and also you know the the pirates and far-flung locales you know kind of contributed
2: yeah yeah people don't necessarily think about that as an adventure but the comic and -hmm. the radio show were Mm
0: -hmm. yeah not so much the musical but there have been lots of little um, iterations of little orphan Annie in fact the the original poem is really weird
2: so you know how when you're a kid you you don't understand things sometimes mm-hmm. like words sometimes mm-hmm. I thought orphan Annie was one word oh.
0: <laughs> i mean that's that's a reasonable assumption little orphan annie uh-huh <laughs> wow <laughs> the um the the that's good. original poem is actually little orphan Annie yeah it's sometimes hmm. read it it's it's, it's very weird.
2: All right, David, that brings us back to you for your fourth entry.
0: All right, so uh,
1: I have one I want to I throw out here. Uh, and so here's the interesting thing about this one, and this also kind of relates to the Choose Your Own Adventure books that Marisha brought up. Maybe this should be in literature, but I didn't think about it until we were making this list. And so I'm going to throw this out. And I, I mean, I think it definitely belongs, but it should either be on this one, or if you think it should just go on the literature list, then maybe we should just add it to that. Um, and, and maybe even the same with those choose your own adventure books, because mm-hmm. they are That's literature,
0: true. right? Technically, books, yeah.
1: I have um, the journals of Lewis and Clark.
0: Ah, wow. uh, excellent. Actually, that's really ironic. We've literally yeah. been reading The Journals of Lewis and Clark with my kids in school this week.
1: Well, and you know, and, and we didn't think to put it on the literature. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, was, I mean, it's kind of like when I think about like how did we not think of this?
0: But it's not for the it doesn't literature. typically come out um, as as literature. It's typically part of just part of the conversation you know about what, westward right. expansion.
1: Yeah. But right, so you know what, I am happy just putting it here It is different enough
0: mm-hmm. uh, Westward Expansion is actually on my list So I feel like that ties in really well Because that is the um, Perfect That is the, what, the record of the first either yeah. The first European expansion First trip from Yeah, the first trip all the way con- cross-continental from- At least the first one that we have any written record yeah. of
1: Right. Um, so of course, um, uh, the journals were published in 1814. Uh, so the, the president, um, I forget my history, which president uh, hired them to do
0: this or asked them to do it. Thomas Jefferson. Huh? Thomas Jefferson.
1: Thomas Jefferson. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Thomas Jefferson, um, sent Lewis and Clark, uh, to find, they, I I believe they want, they wanted to find, um, didn't they want to find, like, a river pass to the, to the ocean? Mm-hmm.
0: They're looking for the... Well, yeah.
1: doesn't matter. They, they wanted to... F- yep, they're looking for... Uh, they wanted to get from East Coast to the West Coast and, and to map and chronicle um, what happened and, and everything they found. And that's exactly what they did. Um, the big reason, not only for the historical uh, fact, but when it actually comes to, like, inspiring adventure media um there are numerous uh tv shows and movies and things and 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 shorts that have been made based on uh the adventures of lewis and clark because Mm -hmm. it really is an incredible story um it is it is the ultimate adventure and i just i wish that's one of those things where i wish i could like have a conversation with with those two men from history because i'd love to know like how much of what I'm hearing and what I've learned is actually 100 percent fact, and how much of it is like dramatized?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, they would probably even would the not journals tell you. now because yeah,
1: the journals being published, you know, they they've probably been edited or, or changed over time even slightly. I, I would love to read like the actual journals that were that were written by Mary by the Lewis. Um, that would be incredible. But I remember like learning about this in history class and being so blown away Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because of course at that time like in middle school i've already been a huge fan of lord of the rings and adventure things like that Mm -hmm. and fantasy and when i'm reading about this and the teacher's telling me all these things my mind is just absolutely blown Mm -hmm. because to me it's like a real life fantasy adventure but that actually happened of course shout out uh Yeah, uh, I hope I pronounced that even slightly correct. About every ten years, um, they change the,
2: the way we're supposed to pronounce it, so I honestly
1: don't know. We'll go with that. Really? Okay. Uh, uh, of course, the Native American woman who uh, who helped Lewis and Clark. Um, yeah, no, just an incredible journey. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I can't believe we didn't think about it earlier, but I, I thought about it when doing this, and yeah, uh, I think it's a great entry.
0: Yeah, that's great. All
2: right. That's a really good one. Now, I'm going to pull out something that's a little more broad topic than I was initially going for. But kind of looking at film serials and trying to narrow down which one was the most influential or most important. And, And then I kind of started looking at it more like I do the serials for the books, the pulp magazines with the serialized stories. Well... I haven't been picking out individual serialized stories. I've been picking out the magazines. And so I started looking. There is one production company that was very important to the early adventure serials. Now, the company no longer exists, but it's called, they were Republic Pictures. Republic Pictures contained the first, among many, many, many others, the first appearances of Dick Tracy, on film. Dick Tracy, Robinson Crusoe, Zorro, The Lone Ranger, The Adventures of Red Rider, and Captain America. Wow. wow.
1: Holy crap.
2: So, that's my choice is this production company that I think really, sometime after World War II, they, they really, a lot of companies, a lot of production companies kind of went belly up. They, mm-hmm. they lost so much money. During the war effort.
0: Like a lot of companies are going to do as a result of the pandemic.
2: Right. So, not a company that's around anymore, but a, a company that put some of these... Now, these a lot of these characters existed in other forms, comics, and radio dramas and other things first. But the first company to put that incredible list of characters on the
0: screen... Yes, that's impressive.
1: ...is, is my fourth entry on the list. Mm-hmm. That's great. Unless we just want to go another round. Well, we've only got
2: 12, and I usually like to get um, the list close to at least 15.
0: Okay. Well, we'll go another round then. It, it looks better. <laughs> okay.
2: On the print versions.
0: Um, so, I agree. All right. So I am, for me, there's kind of another, um, I have a little bit of a toss-up, because I feel like a couple of different significant world events really influenced different the different things that we've kind of considered an adventure. And so I'll kind of throw them out there and y'all can help me pick which one we want to go with. Uh, The Silk Road and the Crusades, um, you know, kind of in the Middle Ages, this is the beginning of, uh, at least for Europeans, kind of an idea that the world is much, much bigger than... They really than we really had any idea of. So the Silk Road, of course, is into China, and the Crusades just opened up a whole new world of I mean, interaction, you know, theoretically, we were um, you know, Europeans were fighting with the Muslims, but there was a lot more cultural exchange than I think anyone anticipated, and the Muslims had really managed to keep a lot of Greek learning alive. And so just this going out, you know, we're going to load up and we're going to go on a crusade. A lot of people were going for a lot of different reasons, but some of them were just going to see exotic things and to have adventures, and the other, the other kind of historical event that was on my list is the British Raj, which is the um, British occupation of India between 1858 and 1947, which is very problematic, um, I think, undeniably, in a myriad of ways, but is also influential in bringing a lot of... A lot of, of Indian culture to the European awareness, um, you know, uh, Western, you know, in in, in United States and, and European awareness. So those are kind of my historical events that I feel like sort of were the catalyst for a lot of adventure stories. So anybody have any thoughts on any of that? No, I think that's great. All right. Well, that's that's. I think you know, just significant historical events that I feel like really yeah. broaden broaden people's minds. You know, um, medieval culture was such a we live in this box kind of world, and I think people kind of tend to get into that kind of rut, and it usually takes some mm-hmm. kind of large world event to sort of shake people out of their their just comfortable world or they're just quest for survival. So significant world events that uh, influenced mm-hmm. adventures. No, I- Adventure stories. There we go. That's what I'm gonna go with.
1: Yeah, I um yeah, I love including like real life history.
2: hmm Yeah, no, that's they're definitely definitely worth putting on here and this is the category where those things really fit the best. Mm-hmm. All right, David, do you have a fifth entry?
1: I sure do. Um, I have a couple. And so I think I'm going to give a definitive fifth one and then throw out a couple other things uh, and, and see what we think. How about that? Sounds good. Okay. All right. I want to go with the work of John Williams.
0: Yes, because... Uh, yeah, Definitely.
2: I mean, you can't you can't think of you can't talk about adventure without the without the Raiders theme,
1: right? Boom, 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 right? Yeah, exactly. Not just that, but everything else he's ever done. He's he his music evokes so much emotion
0: Mm -hmm. um,
1: and excitement and and pure adventure. I mean, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, it's all of it Mm -hmm. just.
0: who did the Jurassic Park theme? 100% John, John Williams. Williams
1: yeah. yeah. It was John Williams? Okay, that's yeah. what I, I was pretty sure, but I, I just wasn't, uh, I didn't want to say that and be wrong. Yeah, Jurassic Park. It, it well, that's one of the st- most beautiful I, themes he's Anytime anything exciting happens in my life,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: I, I, I hum the Jurassic Park theme. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That's, that's hands down so, one of the most beautiful yeah.
1: themes he's written.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, but no, I mean, you you know that John Williams definitely belongs on this list. Same reason Danny Elfman does. He's he's brought that. <laughs> he he's he's added the soundtrack to everyone's idea of adventure.
0: Yep, absolutely.
2: All right, so mm, the one I'm going to throw out for my fifth, I'm going to put another video game on. Okay. Um and I kind of skipped over it initially cuz I I felt like sure. Oregon Trail and Legends of Zelda were were so big, but I, now that we're coming back around, I'm going to go ahead and put it on here is King's Quest.
1: Hmm. Uh David, are you Ooh, familiar okay. at all
2: with King's Quest?
1: Uh, I've never played played them. Well, that's um, i vaguely familiar. King's Quest
2: goes all the way back. It starts with um a game called Wizard and the Princess that came out in 1980. And then the first King's Quest proper was in 1984. And of course, the, the game that I think was kind of is kind of her, heralded as the, the pinnacle of the series was King's Quest 3 in 86. I, it's the ultimate fantasy questing game. As far as video games go.
1: Cool. It's It's
2: in the name. It's Mm -hmm. literally in the name. But, um, yeah, it's it's a big one. It's a beautiful game. And it's still fun to play. There's still places you can find online to play those original games. And they're still fun. And... It's, uh, of course, you know, there was one in the 90s. I, the, I think Marisha will, will get a kick out of this. This is very much her, her kind of humor Here is The 1994 King's Quest Seven was titled The Princeless Bride. <laughs>
0: of course it was. <laughs> that's
1: good. That
2: but uh, a great adventure game. Kind of one of the quintessential questing games out there. And so that's my fifth choice so that brings us around that's 15 everybody's got their five on the list but before we wrap up i definitely want to ask is there anything that you still have that you really think needs to be on this list before we end
0: did the lone ranger not make it on this list anywhere
2: if i had had one more out of that's what i would have
0: i think the lone ranger should be on
2: in which format just in general the lone ranger
0: I mean I think yeah the lone because it's the it's the same as zorro it's the the pulp magazines and it's comics the and the that. comics and the radio show and the TV shows and the shorts before the movies and then the movies and the so many different iterations of the lone ranger
2: Yeah I mean I would definitely second putting the lone ranger on the list
1: Yeah lone ranger uh, and also because by association, that kind of vaguely includes Knight Rider because Knight Rider is like supposed to be a modern interpretation of the Lone Ranger, and that's just hilarious to me. The <laughs> idea that by association, uh, Knight Rider is on this list.
0: <laughs> yep,
1: that's the way my brain works.
0: Yep, that that's tracks. Well, it's like, you know, well, Zora's on the list, so Robin Hood doesn't have to be, you know, kind of like by association, you know.
2: Uh, The Lone Ranger, I think for the radio show alone, the the radio show is incredibly popular. Mm -hmm. I think the radio show alone is enough to put the Lone Ranger on this list. Mm -hmm. And then when you start looking at all of the other medium that Mm -hmm. the the character is in, then, then, yeah, it just cements it.
0: I think you could make an argument for putting Robin Hood on this list, but I think he's on all the other lists. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I think we can just include all of the Robin Hood pre the ballads and the because I think we discussed all of that in the first one.
2: Yeah. So, um, I mean, I really don't. My list is pretty much pretty much on there. Mm-hmm. Like between what I put on and what y'all put yeah. on my list, I don't really have anything left. David, do you I'm have pretty any...
1: happy with the list.
2: Okay,
1: but so I have, a, I have a couple things. So just some shout outs to some video games. I'm okay with these not being on the list. Like I'm really not worried about it. But just some shout outs uh, on my list. I had uh, the Elder Scrolls yep. video games and also mm-hmm. Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um two excellent game series uh personally like i like them more than i like legend of zelda because i thought legend of zelda was more significant here Um, and the only reason i put elder scrolls over zelda in the fantasy list is because i feel like elder scrolls has a more fleshed out fantasy world i agree but when it actually comes to the the adventures taking place uh, i thought legend of zelda belonged here um But other than that, there's everything that I wanted to be on the list, on the list, except for one thing. And I didn't include this one thing because I have no idea how to actually put it on the list. But I had put on my long list just toys, question Hmm. mark.
0: That's an excellent... Because when I
1: think adventure... Yeah. Yeah, just any toys. Like, what I was doing... I was creating my own adventures every single day in my bedroom
0: mm-hmm.
1: with, with all the toys that I had mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, maybe I should put Hasbro, but then I'm like, no, what about all the other toy companies that mm-hmm. gave me so much joy? So then I also had like Legos um, cause that's a big one, but yeah, that's toys. I just have, I have no idea um, how to put that on the list. Um, but shout out the toys yeah i
0: guess (laughs) you know and and i feel like honestly the real star of um adventure as a genre is just plain straight out childlike imagination it's like adventure isn't... I, also, I had
1: imagination. I had the word imagination on my list.
0: You know, but it's like, it's it's kind of, it's a little bit vague, but I mean, really, that's all adventure is, as a genre. It's just, it's those things that we, you know, as a kid, we grabbed a stick and, you know, went <laughs> traipsing through a couple of trees in our grandparents' backyard and were convinced that we were going on a great quest and we were going to meet... Monsters and dragons, and fight pirates and find buried treasure. That is a hundred percent all the adventure genre is. Is wish fulfillment of that.
2: Yeah, and in a lot of ways, and, and maybe the way to put it on there is to put Hasbro and Kenner on the list.
0: hmm Yeah. Because
2: has, between Hasbro and Kenner, they made all of the best you know all of the best toys.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's not that there weren't I some other get out the out idea. There, yeah, so I don't know, we'll kind of throw around exactly how we want to show it on the list, but toys, and just the idea of these toys that, a lot like Dungeons & Dragons, allow you to create your own adventures.
0: See, mine, was, mine wasn't mine was like action figures, mine was dress-up clothes, you know, like, right. hats it, and weapons. Exactly, like... Nerf guns, man. I had...
1: I, nerf guns. Yeah, I specifically remember like having all these superhero costumes and dressing mm-hmm. up like Mr. Fantastic and Mm -hmm. and like why Mr. Fantastic? Who got me that costume? Who was like (laughs) your dad? This costume, I'm gonna Mr. (laughs) It wasn't him. It wasn't my dad because my dad would have got me like Spider Man or Superman. That's true. Mr. Fantastic is so which he did. I think it was (laughs) like you know a random aunt. Yeah, you know one of the aunts that you don't see except for Christmas, and she's Uh like, "Here, I got you this, Mr. Fantastic." (laughs)
0: It's a super, like I, I, she she I heard, knows David likes superheroes, and so she bought you a superhero costume. She didn't know who Mr. Fantastic yeah, exactly. was. He just sounded important because he's fantastic.
1: Exactly. He's fantastic. Yeah. But anyway, yes, uh, dress up clothes is a big one. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I think I've kind of got in my head how I'll show this on the list. Awesome. And uh, awesome. yeah, it's a great entry. All right. Well, if, is that, are we kind of wrapped Other up? Than I that, mean,
1: there's nothing left that I'm,
2: <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I mean, my list is on here. That right. brings us to seventeen really solid entries, mm-hmm. and we'll get those yeah. out as quick as we can, and then let, um, you know, let the listeners and and I'm going to release next week or next week's episodes. This is this won't be on this episode. I'm going to cut this out, but I think I'm going to release these backwards. I'll flip the numbers okay. on them so that this will release on Monday. So that we can do our listeners list on Thursday.
0: Okay. And also we'll be releasing uh, okay, the other I, one right as the Snyder cuts coming out.
1: Yeah. Yes, yeah. That'd be good.
0: Cool.
2: Well, um, anybody got anything they want to mention before we wrap up?
1: So many things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I see it all the time. That's
0: funny. Yep, yeah, That's kind maybe of, maybe the
1: real adventure is life itself.
0: Yeah, that's true. It is. (laughs) If only I could get it in gear and just not, you know, just be like, can I just sleep through the rest of it? (laughs) What Uh, kind of adventure is that? It's been a year. It's been a long, tiring year. Maybe I'll sleep through the next adventure.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's let's wrap
0: this up then. All right. Well, it's been real. No, you have to let me actually. Oh, we have to finish. All right, never ball. Rich is
2: already like heading out of the room.
0: Right? I am. I am like, I'm
1: ready to be done. That's one hundred percent fair. It's
2: <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Science Fictionary Podcast. That's really our last entry into the Pillars of Adventure. With the only thing left being your entries when we do our listeners' list next week. So, Marisha, until Um, next time, where can people find you?
0: You can find me on Instagram at princesses underscore and underscore Padawans. And I'm ppadawans on Twitter. All right, David.
1: You guys can find me on Twitter at David underscore JG Peoples.
2: All right. And I'm Andrew Gore. You can find me running the Twitter account for this show at Cy underscore Fictionary. You can find me hosting our other Show the Cor- or Coruscant Radio Underground, where we talk about everything in that galaxy far, far away. You can drop us a line at the science fictionary at gmail.com. And as always, you can check out our podcast as well as the rest of the Red 5 podcast family at red5network.com or at Red 5 network on Twitter. And until next time, live long and prosper.